everybody. Hope your nights are going well. Going to be doing some a uh, little bit of a recap tonight, and then probably just going to go through a bunch of questions. So it should be fun. Padres off day. Um, I don't know if anyone's been looking at the schedule, but it is about there's about to be like no off days because I hate off days of baseball because I feel like it's such a thing where you want to watch the game every single night. Um, but there's like two off days in like the next like month and a half or something ridiculous. So it's going to be pretty exciting. But I don't know how do you guys how do you guys feel about this past series? I thought it was I would say I think this was the most exciting series so far this year. Um, the Padres came back in each game. Now they did blow the Saturday game, but the games were up and down. It was horrific fielding games, especially by the Braves. The Braves were kind of horrendous fielding wise this series. Um, but I thought it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was probably the, the most entertaining series so far this year. Yeah, definitely. It was super fun. A lot of offense. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay, a lot of offense. It was so fun to watch. I mean, I've been begging for an offensive series. I've been begging for one. So that was that was awesome. That was everything I expected and, and some. So it was very happy to come away with, with the series win, especially because that Braves team, despite their record, remember, this is how they started last year too, and they ended up winning the World Series. Despite their record, we beat them. We beat them. Despite their record, they're still a good team. They are still a good team. They pitched Freed and Wright, and I forgot. Oh, Morton. Morton, I was super surprised because he actually did a damn good job. Um, Morton did a really good job, whereas the first time he came out against us, we smoked him. So, I mean, I was surprised, but when we should have ended up sweeping that team. We should have swept the Braves. It was just, unfortunately, a bad outing for Steven Wilson. It was, it sucked. I understand. Um, I, I, you know, cleared my head after that, after that game where I was like, okay, he was tired. He's been having to pitch a lot for a rookie reliever. That's a lot of responsibility. It's unfortunate that he's put in this position right now because he's so young. And but we don't have any bullpen arms. Like all of our guys are down. I just saw Pierce Johnson. I didn't even know Pierce Johnson's on the 60-day IL. I didn't even know that. Um, I don't think he's coming back. It was an elbow problem. Um, but yeah, man. So we should have swept, but I'm very happy with the way the series ended. Um, especially because yesterday we came out super flat and then we started turning it on and it ended up being a seven to three ball game by the end of it. So very happy with the result. Also, you brought up uh the next 42 days, we got 40 games, only two days off. And I think some people are kind of mad that Gore and Martina or that Gore is going to go to the bullpen in specific. In specific. Um, Gore is still going to start games. You're going to see Gore still start. This is more of a innings limit. Gore will absolutely start more games. 40 in the next 42. You can probably expect Martinez to see a start in there, too. So um, they're both still going to start a few games in that in that stretch. But, man, it's going to be fantastic seeing them come out of the bullpen. We need those bullpen reinforcements. Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay with Gore going to the bullpen. I mean, Martinez has been in the league a lot longer. He's older. Arm, he knows where his arms at. He knows how to take care of it a little bit better. Uh, he threw, I think, like 170 innings last year in Japan. So we know he's he's capable of being a little bit of a workhorse, and it makes sense. Gore, these past few years, have dealt with finger, uh, finger blisters. He's dealt with mechanics problems, so it's okay to give him a little bit of a break. And plus, when you throw them in the bullpen, you know, if we make playoffs come playoff times, realistically, you're going to have three to four guys go. And Mackenzie Gore more than likely isn't going to be that guy. You have Clev, you have Musgrove, you have Darvish, and you have Manaya. And if Manaya pitched like he did against the Braves, it's almost guaranteed it's going to be Manaya's going to be in there somewhere. It's he, he just went off. It was ridiculous what he did. 
and you still have Snell in there yet. You have legit veteran aces going to be fighting for a playoff rotation spot, and that leaves Gore into the bullpen, which that's fine. We saw how clutch Julio Urias was on the Dodgers for years when he was in basically just a bullpen arm or a middle innings reliever. He would come out and, you know, we saw in the World Series against the Rays. He came out and threw, what, three inning, a three-inning save? I mean, if Mackenzie Gore can come out and do that for us in the playoffs, I don't think any of us are going to complain. It's okay. Let, get him some reps in the bullpen. You know, let him feel out how it is to be difference between a reliever and a starter. It's a good thing. Hopefully the offense continues. I think Luke Voigt struggled a little bit this series. I know, what is that? Sunday, he went over 5. I think Saturday, he didn't do too good either. But at least some of the guys in the outfield are hitting again. Oh, yeah. Another 0 for 4 from Voigt. Voigt is just... The outfield came through clutch. Myers hit a few RBIs. Uh, I had a few RBIs. Grisham started to hit the ball. He had a few clutch doubles. Kim came in clutch. I mean, all, all around the offense was pretty good. The catcher started to end. So hopefully they continue this. Hopefully the pitchers continue to do their thing because if they do, then we won't have to rely on the bullpen as much as thin as it is over there. So it's a good thing to have. Hey, first off, Isaac, is, is Chase's mic tripping out or is that just me? It might just be me. Okay. Okay. Was it? Oh, my bad. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, anyways. I mean, we bring up Gore in the bullpen. Sorry, I had, I had to get in that real quick. Um, I'm record, I've been recording on my phone, so it doesn't really work too well. <laughs> um, but, you know, thing about Gore in the bullpen, I will say I don't like the idea in terms of I want to see him get starter reps, right? I want to see him become a starter for this team. But if he has an 120 innings limit, sending him down to the minors to just not pitch him is one option. I don't think sending him down to the minors and then have him pitch a little bit there should be an option. And clearly it's not because they still want him to pitch a little bit and they're going to do that in the majors. So I don't really have a, a problem with that either. I think it's honestly a fine move. If he didn't have an innings limit, I don't think that he should have his starting role removed, but considering that, that it seems like he does, I think it makes a lot of sense. So I am fine with that. Um, but I, I think that like you, you look at the series and, you brought up Manaya was a complete monster. Um, dude, he was ridiculous. Musgrove looks really good. Like, it's gonna be hard for him to not be in the bullpen come playoff time. So I don't have I don't have that big of a problem with it. I, th I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, also, you guys have been watching the same bullpen that we have. The bullpen needs reinforcements badly. So moving McKenzie Gore to a bullpen role, and I tweeted out, I think it was yesterday. Nabil Chrisman in a setup man role, that maybe I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that, but right now, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in throwing Robert Suarez in a game. I do not have faith in throwing Craig Stammen in a game, like in late in the game, I should say. I don't mind him as a reliever; that's fine. But I don't want Craig Stammen to be your eighth inning guy. I think that's really bad. I, I think that that is not the guy to put there because he allows a lot of home runs. And you can very easily put Craig Stam into a game in the eighth and, and it'll flip. I think Luis Garcia and the Bill Christman right now are the best two options for that role. And then that opens up a middle relief role and for McKenzie Gore. 
Um, so I definitely like the idea, but I don't know. What do you guys think about the bullpen? What, do you, how do you think this is going to get fixed? Do you think McKenzie Gore is going to be a big reason for that or no? So Gil actually brought it up earlier, and I actually really like that he brought it up because, I mean, I heard it today too. Uh, I forgot which podcast I was listening to. It actually might have been the Kevin AC. You're kidding. <laughs> it actually might have been the Kevin AC one. Um, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to block this guy. It actually might have been the Kevin AC one that I was listening to earlier today. Um, basically, what was said was that you might actually see Gore and Martinez in a piggyback role with, I believe, Gore coming in after Clevenger, Martinez coming in after Snell. This is what we've wanted. This is what us three have talked about. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it with some of you guys in the in the chat. This is what we wanted. If they do that, basically, both Cle- both um, I'm sorry, both Gore and Martinez are going to help that bullpen immensely. Not only because you know obviously they're great pitchers, they're going to come in for three or four innings and do their thing, but because the bullpen's going to get rest. They're going to be rested. Um, and that's honestly the biggest reason why I like it so much. Now, like I said, you're still going to see Gord get a start. You're still going to see Martinez get a start. Injuries to the rotation is going to be inevitable. So, I mean, they're going to start, especially in these next 42 days, whatever it is. They're going to get some starts. But as of right now, it's important to have both of them maybe piggyback those guys so that way we don't have to see Stephen Wilson get put in these situations where as a rookie he has to pitch so many innings. That would be optimal. Same with Suarez, um, but that's not because Suarez is a rookie. That's because he's just not good. Um, Stammen, like you said, middle reliever role is perfect for him. Um, Taylor Rogers has been pitching too many innings to start the year, so hopefully you can get Gorn Martinez to not only um, come in relief but really finish the games. If Clevenger pitches five and you have Gore pitch another four, that's great. If you do that same thing with um, Snell and Martinez, perfect. Like you're helping out your guys on the bullpen by resting them. So hopefully that's what we see. But if that's not what we see, obviously Gore and Martinez coming out for an inning or two. I mean, it's going to help help the bullpen immensely. It's going to help one of the worst bullpens in baseball right now immensely. Yeah, I know you guys keep mentioning how much we need uh, help with the bullpen. So just wanted to pull up a guy that we got rid of. I know he's Isaac's favorite bullpen guy. And, uh, and about if you haven't seen him, he's kind of balling out. Uh, 11.2 innings, 15 strikeouts, a 1.54 ERA. So, I mean, we did get rid of him to get Taylor Rogers, which immense upgrade. I mean, we have a guy that's locked down the ninth inning every single time he's come out. Be it a little scary again, but he's been ridiculous. Um, we seriously need some help. I mean, I don't know if they're going to just ride with the guys that we have now. I know Gore and Martinez going out there into the bullpen is going to help them. Like you said, you can either do the piggyback or I think you just go one or two innings and it's going to be great. Unfortunately, I just, Ivan has talked about a little just hasn't been the same. Uh, it's been ridiculous. Uh, for Pomeranz, he's kind of been – he's working on rehab assignments. It's been seeing him and Mortajone will be back around July. That's kind of been the timeline for them. I haven't really seen anything else. But, uh, yeah. we. At, I mean, it doesn't get hurt to call a breaker and give him a shot. I mean, we've only seen, what, maybe two, three innings out of him. Each time he's come up, I mean, he needs some innings. I mean – when you throw 100 miles an hour and has a decent slider as a lefty, 
you'll make it in the league. So give him a shot. It can't be worse than um, Suarez or Stamina right now. Luis Garcia has been, I think he has to be the setup guy. I like Nabil Chrismat and shoot, he was hitting 94 um, in the, when he came in to be the setup man. I was like, wow, when has Nabil Chrismat ever hit 94? He was kind of throwing hard there. He looked really good. But I've always liked Chris Matt in that role where, damn, our starter's gone down really early. We need some guy to give us four, three, four solid innings, and he's always done that. So I always want to save Chris Matt for that. So we really got to look to our minor leagues right now, see what those guys have. Stop pitching Stephen Wilson so much. He's going to struggle every time you send him out there on low rest. Give him a few days off. But, hey, they'll come around. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have pitched a lot of guys a lot. Steven Wilson, Rogers, um, Lamets. Lamets now down. You guys mentioned that. He wasn't really getting pitched that much. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of Ray Kerr. Um, in terms of Palm and Pierce on the timeline, there hasn't been anything this entire season on Palm, right? I believe he just restarted his rehab assignment. Um, I'll find He's something. Drawing. I actually just read it today. Um, I forgot when we spoke to that. Oh, Chase was typing. I don't know what that was. Um, yeah, that's me. Uh, he's supposed to be back soon. I don't know. I think he'll be in the June, early July. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so that's good. So that's as good. of May 11th, Palmer has regularly been catch, playing catch from 120 feet but has not yet thrown from a mound. He's eligible to return from the injured list in less than a month, but it's unclear if he'll be immediately uh, ready given where he is at in his recovery at this point. Um, so, yeah, I'm guessing July still because he is still not thrown off the mound. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, in terms of other stuff from the series, I feel like the big thing was was Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim is absolutely balled out. Um, he was leading. Okay, I don't I forget what the stat was, but he was leading all shortstops and like, in like an OPS plus. Was it OPS plus? No, it was WRC plus. That. Okay. Got it. Got it. Well, basically, Kim was leading everyone, and Kim is definitely balled out. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but you definitely need to look at it. Go look at Kim's home and away splits. It's hilarious. It, I don't think it means anything. I think it's just that it's hard to hit in San Diego early on in the year. And I think that his big games, his like blow-up games he had, he's had, have just all been on the road. Um, but last year, he was a better hitter at home. But it's like he has like an 1,100 OPS on the road and like a 400 OPS with like a, a 100 batting average at home. It's like terrible, like how, how big the difference is. Um, but overall... I mean, we're definitely going to be talking about him later this week, so I don't, I don't want to get too into, like, him on him and Tatis and what to do when he's back because we're going to have a segment on that later. But in terms of his early performance, I think we were talking about a lot of guys having breakout seasons. We didn't really mention Kim much, but I think that was more because his, doesn't, his is more of a breakout year, right? We wanted to see him take that jump from his first year to his second year. He's done that. And I think that we've seen that. I know it's early on. His numbers could die off and stuff. But I think we already see that he looks better against higher velocity. 
he's driving the baseball. He's still a fantastic fielder. He's had a couple plays where he messed up, but like overall, he's had some great plays. Um, and he has been an extremely valuable player and has absolutely stepped up with Fernando out. So I think we got to give him a ton of praise. He has been awesome. He is with without Fernando playing. I, I got to say, like, and I love Manny. Manny's amazing to watch, but I feel like Kim is like that energy guy without Tatis. Because he's always doing something crazy. He had the slide in the home yesterday. He had the big game. Um, I think it also just the nature of playing shortstop, too. You're just going to get a bunch of flashy plays, and, and he does those routinely. Um, but he has been absolutely amazing to watch. So it, it's been pretty sweet seeing him develop over this uh, from last year into this year because he's a, he's a big part of this team right now. So it's been awesome to see. He absolutely has been a big part of this team right now. He's been fantastic, especially in that Brave series. Um I mean, I, I was talking about it with these with uh, Chase and Matt earlier this week. He had a serious streak of going like one for twenty one, and then he popped off again. What a fantastic series! This was better than his than his Pirate series. Um, now I don't know if the stats back that up. When we, when you're just looking at it from a competition standpoint, who needed to step up or who stepped up in a big time series? Because the Pirates aren't a big time series. Um, but who big stepped up in a big time series? The MVP was Hassan Kim. He was the best player in the series. Um, so, yeah, he was fantastic. He was super fun to watch. And, and uh, I mean, hopefully they're going to be able to find a spot for uh, uh, Bill Gates. We're going to talk about that in our next episode, in one of our next episodes. And I think, I think it's going to be a good one because I know a lot of us have have different different opinions. I think for some of us, it's where is Tatis, where is Tatis going to play when, when he comes back? And for others, it's where is Kim going to play when Tatis gets back? It's a it's a fair question on both sides. I understand it, so we're going to talk about that soon. Um, but overall, a very productive series from the offense, and it was super exciting. I'm going to check right now um, where they rank in runs because I mean they put up a ton of them this series, and right now, not worried about this offense because it's been great, and I've been super super surprised by how great this offense has been and i know there was this little streak against the marlins where it was like uh it looks like we need are in desperate need of more offense that marlins um starting rotation is like top five top ten in baseball they've been fantastic pablo lopez has been insane um other than that we've been great this team has put up a lot of runs they've put up i believe five plus in many 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 games so offense offensive worries are Looking like they might be put to rest, especially when Nando's back. Isaac, have you seen the home away splits for Kim yet or no? Dude, I haven't seen them, but now I'm interested. Okay. Where are they? I, I will tell you them right now. So in 15 games at home, he's hit 111 with a 245 on base and a 178 slugging for a whopping 423 OPS. In 14 games on the road, He's hitting 327 with a 411 on base and a 674 slugging for a 1064 OPS. <laughs> oh my god. Well, everyone's kind of not home. It's just kind of the cool weather, the humidity in there, everything. We saw it against the Cubs. There should have been a few balls that went out that they just died at the track. You know, it's just, it's just San Diego is a pitcher's park, so it does make sense. Um, also, could do with the baseballs. You know, prime time games, 
balls have tended to fly out a little bit more, whether or not that is the juice baseballs are being used there and not in other games. I guess we'll see after the season for that, but guys are hitting the ball a lot harder. They're making solid contact. They're seeing pitches a little bit more. They're not striking out as much unless your name is Luke Voigt. Um, Hosmer is still keeping it up. I mean, we got to tip our caps to him. Uh, I thought he was going to fall off again in April. He's still, you know, up there in average, up there and bringing it guys in. He's been really clutch with runners in scoring position. I mean, shout out to Hosmer. I didn't think I'd be saying it this season. Dude, that's 100% true. And he has made a couple – he does his weird thing where he goes behind first base, which is – it's got to be one of the craziest things I've seen someone do at first base. Um, I, he's the only player I've ever seen do that. But either way, besides like a couple plays from that, he's made some good plays at first, actually. He's picked the baseball really well early on. Um, his outs above average, a lot of his defensive metrics are significantly better than his tenure in San Diego has been. And then, of course, offensively, he's been extremely clutch. He has been an RBI machine. So, love to see it. Um, did you guys – were you guys watching the broadcast where they were interviewing him? Did you guys see the Hosmer in-game interview by any chance? It was hilarious because it was, like, the shortest in-game interview I've ever seen. He was talking well, for, like, didn't... a minute because they messed it up. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the audio messed up, right? He was like, yeah, God, I, I can't hear you guys. <laughs> But the inning ended so quick. Like, it was a super quick inning. I just thought it was hilarious because I was like, they literally brought Hosmer on for like a minute and a half, and that was it. They asked him like two questions, and it was over. But, no, I've been super pumped with Hos, so I, I am happy about that. I see that Devin asked for a Phillies – he asked if we could do a little Phillies uh, preview for that series. So, I think the only guy I know that's pitching for the Phillies, and I think he's the only guy scheduled, is Zach Wheeler on Tuesday. Padres have – Clev, Snell, Darvish. Darvish. Yep. Okay. So we get to see the third start of, of Clev, who he has a five ERA, but I think he's pitched significantly better than a five ERA. Um, and then we get to see Snell, which I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe could they potentially bring in Martinez after him? Maybe we'll see that. Gore maybe after him. So we don't really know who's going to get sent down yet for that game. Um, but – I don't know. How, how do you guys feel about that? That those three because those are the three coming in the weekend after. I would say the one, two, three. So it's pretty nice, and and I, I, I mean, Darvish is there too. But like, it's pretty interesting seeing that you you're four or five right now are Clevenger and Snell, which is pretty crazy. It's one of the best sights as a Padre fan because our four and fives used to be just strip, just bums. I mean, there, there's no other way to put it. But they're they're now they're nice. Um, very happy with it, though. I fully expect Clevenger. I mean, we already talked about the piggyback. I do expect to see Gore and Martinez in some sort of long reliever role this series. Um, but I'm, I'm super confident in this series, especially not super confident. I take that back. That Phillies lineup was absurd against the Dodgers. They've been fantastic. They're, they're going crazy right now. I, I don't know where they place in runs. I actually forgot to check um, the MLB team statistics for runs, so I'll check them right now. Um, but yeah, man, that, that Phillies lineup has been so crazy, especially Bryce Harper. I mean, it's like he tore his UCL and just turned into Superman or something because, uh, he's just crazy right now. And he's playing to that MVP level that he was last year. The Philadelphia Phillies ranked third in runs right now with 172. The Padres ranked seventh with a hundred or no, sorry. They're tied for sixth. It looks like 
tied for fifth or sixth with 160 runs. They're tied with the Mets and the Rockies. So, I mean, both offenses have been really good. It's just a matter of our rotation is better. Um, I think they have Zach Wheeler going in the second game, and they have Kyle Gibson going in the in the third game. So I don't know who's going the first game. Um, Zach Wheeler hasn't had a good start to his season. I don't believe Kyle Gibson has either. So, I mean, I fully expect to take the series. It's, it might be one of those series where the Padres just give up one or I mean two games but it's natural it's gonna happen this season especially because that offense in Philly has been has been great and they might take advantage of our bullpen now the counter to that is we might take advantage of their bullpen their bullpen was abysmal especially in this last game against the Dodgers where they blew that lead but their bullpen has not been very good if I were to check it right now oh god please don't make me eat my words (laughs) I'll check it right now but I'm gonna see their splits uh their relievers sorry just give me one sec so kyle gibson has been just like slightly better than wheeler wheeler has a four two six gibson has a one oh like ever slightly better and mm-hmm. uh it's still to be decided for the first game for the phillies yeah and going back to that to the bullpen the padres right now have the 23rd 23rd ranked bullpen with a 418 era the phillies the 27th ranked bullpen with a 4.38 ERA. So if we think we're having bullpen troubles, this Phillies team's having them more. Not only are they having bullpen troubles, they are having some starting pitching troubles where, I mean, we aren't. So, I mean, the really the thing going for them is that is that uh, is that starting is their starters is their lineup. So I think we should take this series. I really do, but I don't know. Man. It's going to depend on the starting pitching. Hopefully, Gore and, and Martinez come in that piggyback rule, so we don't have to rely on the bullpen too much. I think it more relies on whether or not Bryce Harper continues to be Superman after he tore his UCL because he was ridiculous in that Dodger series. Um, the PFRDH decides if he ever wants to hit a baseball again and not strike out like seven times in two games. Um, if our outfield continues to do the same thing that they were doing last series, I mean, it was really positive to see them actually hitting. They were hitting with guys in scoring position. They were getting on base. They weren't striking out as much outside of Myers. That's Myers either hits or strikeouts and then occasionally walks, but we know what we're getting from him. Grisham is finally starting to hit the ball a little harder. I mean, he he's hitting some oppo, which I don't think any of us were really expecting, but he was taking the ball a long way. He was making solid contact, and he was coming up clutch. I mean, runners in scoring position, I think he had two or three hits that scored a couple runs each time. So I think it really depends on that. Um, I got a question for you guys. Realistically, how many innings do you guys see Snell going on Wednesday? I I maybe see five innings at most. Go five. I just think it's all going to depend on their performance. Um, especially because, remember, I mean, they let Clevenger – go almost 100 pitches in his first start. And, I mean, it was only four innings, but it all just depends on uh, on uh, on how he's doing. So if he's if he's pumping, then, yeah, you're going to leave him out there for five. Especially, remember, it, it was a groin injury or adductor, hip, hip. Yeah, cool, hip. Um, so it was a hip injury. So not a not an arm injury. I don't really think you have to, like, have him on a limit. So I think I think five is a, is a good range for him. Yeah, I think I feel like four or five. Um, yeah, no, not too much. 
Wait, for Snell, I thought it was knee. Was it him? No, no Clev, Clev had a knee injury at the beginning. Uh-huh. And then it was a doctor for Snell. Oh, okay. okay. That makes sense. Um, I did see that. We got a super chat. Let's see what it was. From David. If Gore is going to the bullpen, how will he be used? Uh, well, thank you for the donation, David. I would say like two innings stint. That's what my guess would be. Maybe if a guy doesn't go that long, or two, I'll say two or three innings would be my guess. Like, say, for instance, Snell, like this week, he comes in, he pitches four innings, and they go, okay, well, we'll give Gore toe seven. We'll give him fifth, sixth, seventh. So we'll give him the three innings. I think that we might start seeing him like that a little bit. And I also think that we could easily see Nick Martinez in the exact same role that he has, which is kind of like middle relief, but almost like more important because you realize that your starters can't go that long. And you also realize that your bullpen isn't that great. So it's like, it is a middle relief role, but it's like a little bit more, I guess, like, I don't know, you put him in there like closer games. Cause I feel like typically in middle relief, a lot of guys, it's like you're throwing this guy because it's either a blowout, whichever way. Um, but I feel like those guys would come in and pitch three innings in a tie game, for instance. So that's that's kind of what I would think. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I think three innings sense is what they're going to do with Gore. I mean, I, I answered right here. Um, I'm echoing. Hold on, wait. There we go. Um, I put – what did I say? I said we believe Gore might piggyback Clevenger. If not, it is more of innings management thing than anything else. It is innings management. Um, so I do think he's going to end up piggybacking Clevenger. I think Clevenger will go five innings, four innings, whatever it is, and then you'll start – you'll see uh, – Gore come in a three inning stint. If we're winning, you're going to see Rogers come in that last inning, and I think that's gonna. I think that's a perfect setup. I think it's beautiful. So I do think that's how they're going to use Gore. I do too. Though I kind of want to see him in like high leverage situation. Just throw him out there, you know, maybe eighth inning a couple times, just so that he gets used to working out of certain positions. I mean, we lost him Hill for a little bit. Uh, he's also just been kind of bad, so we really don't have another lefty. Um, so Mackenzie Gore might play a little bit more in the bullpen in one to two inning stints, especially just got a couple one inning stints. Like, okay, go out there in the seventh inning. You'll just pitch the seventh, maybe the eighth. You may see him in a little bit of a Josh Hader's role, except not pitching in the ninth. Um, I think Chris Mott is going to be that guy that goes three innings unless they do decide to do the piggyback, but I really don't know how Bob Melvin feels about that. He's never really mentioned anything about that. So I have a question for you guys. So I was looking up at Hosmer's baseball savant page and there's a lot of red. There's a few blues. The biggest concern for me is Eric Hosmer's launch angle is 3.3%. So I'm guessing that means he's going to have a severe decline sooner or later. So how long do you think he keeps up this offensive production? I think it's the, I think Eric Hosmer is playing the only way Eric Hosmer can play. And I think that we've already seen him ground into a bunch of double plays. Cause Chase, we were talking about this the other day and you said something and I swear to God, the next time he came up, he grounded into a double play. Like right after you had mentioned it. Cause I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I think he's just going to be like, he's not going to ever be like a high launch angle guy. He's going to try to barrel the baseballs. I mean, I think he's going to come down to earth a bit. 
but I think he's a solid contact hitter, and I don't think his power numbers really change changed much when he was trying to adopt the launch angle. I don't know. But that's a thing, though. Like, how much of an adoption was there? I don't really know that. So I feel like whatever he's doing now is definitely working significantly better. And if it's like, hey, I have to be somewhat of a deficient player. I'm never going to have a high launch angle. I'm not really going to ever be a guy that walks a lot and hits for a lot more power. Like, my power numbers are going to stay roughly the same, but I can at least hit for a higher average. I think we've seen it pay dividends for the Padres, so I don't really mind too much, but it, he definitely becomes more susceptible to falling far back down to earth with it. So that's also kind of the other aspect of that, but I don't think we're going to see him change. I'm actually glad you brought that up, Chase. It's also worth noting his line drive percentage is lower than it's ever been. Slide ball percentage is lower than it's ever been. Um, so in the air in general, it's lower than it's ever been, his percentages at least. But he's hitting the ball hard. He's finding holes. I don't know how long that's going to last, but for right now, I'll take whatever we can get from him because Tatis is gone. Somebody had to step up, right? And, of course, he's going to fall down to earth. We're going to – I think he's going to end up being a 280, 280 hitter, which I would take that of America Cosmer every day of the week. Um, you know, seven – 780 OPS, I think would be great. Um, so yeah, he doesn't hit for much power. Um, worth noting, he actually surprisingly did change some stuff in his in his uh I think in his stance. Uh Bob Scanlon was talking about it. I think he opened up his feet or you know got them a little wider and then he got his hands up. Either he moved his hands up or he moved them down. That's the only noticeable thing I, I noticed. Um, but yeah, apparently he did change something about his swing. So Whatever he's doing right now is working. It's been fantastic. He's absolutely deserved to stay in that cleanup spot for right now. I do, of course, I think he's going to fall down to earth. You know, not being able to hit the ball in there, it's going to it's gonna punish you. But as long as he's not – the the biggest thing I notice right now is he's not striking out on that stupid freaking breaking ball in the dirt at his feet anymore because that was – with two strikes, you knew the pitcher was going to throw that, throw that to Eric Hosmer, and it was almost a guaranteed strikeout every time. His approach at the plate is better. He changed up his, his, uh, his swing – not to the sense that he's going to hit the ball in the air, but he changed it to where he's actually generating a lot of hard contact right now, and it's working. So as as of right now, I'm happy with his production. Do I think it's going to fall off? Yeah, I do. But he's been great. Even defensively, yeah, he still does a stupid thing where he steps behind the bag, and unfortunately he said he's not going to change that. But he's even doing all right defensively. I think he's doing pretty good. So um, I've been happy with his production so far. Don't get me started on the foot behind the bag thing. That one with Cronenworth, he had so much time. He could have set himself up so nicely and not even stretch, and it still would have fell straight into his lap. And then he went behind the bag, and they gave the error to Cronenworth. I think every time you step behind the bag like that, when you could have stepped forward, it should be an error on the first baseman because that was ridiculous. Anyways, moving on to the next topic. I like this question. He would instantly slot in to be our outfielder, like yes. by far. I don't think realistically you can just get give up Weathers. I think you have to give up Weathers on something else. But absolutely, you would pull the trigger on this deal instantly. Like if they offered that one for one, you don't even need to think about it. It's an okay. Let's get this deal done. What about adding Profar? Does that hurt it? I, I don't know if that helps or hurts it. I mean, the Mariners are really <laughs> good at buying their talent. I mean. I prefer not to trade with the Mariners. We saw what happened the last time we traded with the Mariners. It was it was relatively scarring. I mean, France, um, who else was there? Adrian um Andreas Munoz. 
they just got a ton of good players from us and they have built a really solid team with like five of our guys. So I would prefer to keep it to like one or two players for Lewis. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, you're going to, you're, you're going to have to add an outfielder. So if it's, you could add Kyle Lewis. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Um, I don't know, Chase, you brought up what's the, what's Hayes on the Orioles first name. I don't know him very well. Is it Austin? Austin Hayes. People were loving that you were like, hey, is Preller going to buy high on this guy? And everyone's like, yes, Preller's definitely going to buy high on this guy. So basically, it's like anyone that's absolutely balling out right now, that's somewhat one of those guys we're going to be getting. They will not be a buy low candidate. I, I'm confident in that. Do you guys feel the same? Do you think there's any chance that Preller changes his pattern up? Because I don't think he's ever like been like, deadline, let's buy low on this guy. Never, right? Not know. that I can think of. I mean, his best buy low candidate, both of them, are Jake Cronenworth. And and I don't know if that's a buy low, but I think it is. Jake Cronenworth and and absolutely 100% positively Joe Musgrove. That's his best buy low candidate. And he's excelled in those. But in-season trades, I can't think of one. Oh, my God, dude. I've blocked this guy two or three times already. Um, But I forgot which one of you brought it up. I think it was you, Matt. If we threw Profar or Kim in the trade, is that what you said? Yeah. So I talked to my dad about this. I'm going to get ripped, but I'm okay. With it. <laughs> Dude, I legit so think you. one, I legit think one of Kim, Crone, or Abrams will get traded. There's too many of them, right? And I mean, yeah, anyone can say it's a bad take, but there's too many of them. Like all of those guys, except for CJ. Where are they gonna play? I mean, I mean, you could put CJ in the outfield, but then it's like he hasn't been taking outfield reps. Kim, I don't honestly don't think Kasan Kim would be a very good outfield. He's an amazing infielder, and I think that's where you should keep him. Crone, so so oh wow, I actually got an I agree. That's kind of surprising. Um, but anyway, the thing with Abrams is that you trade Abrams, you're gonna get the most out of Abrams. You're gonna get the most capital out of Abrams, trade capital. So I mean, I don't want to trade him. But I'm, just, I'm going through all of them, and I'm trying to say, you know, I'm in favor of trading Abrams over the rest. Kim, with the way he's performing, $7 million is going to be a bargain to any team. And I think throwing him in, you know, you're going to get a lot out of him too. Crone, you might get the same out of Crone than you will out of Abrams because, I mean, Crone only costs like 700 800k right now for somebody who put up a four-war last year, and I think too many people are counting out Crone right now. I mean, he he's had so many, so many plate appearances at bats and, and games where he's been like a four-plus war player, and I think too many people are taking stock into the 100 at bats that he has so far. I'll take the 500 or whatever 100 it is over the 100. Um, so I don't know, man. I think I really do think it's a possibility one of them gets traded. But for this trade on the screen right here, would you do Weathers for Kyle Lewis? Every single day of the week, I will do that trade because Kyle Lewis is a great outfielder, even though he gets hurt a lot. I don't know if Weathers has a spot in this rotation. I don't know if Weathers is going to be good enough to have a spot in this rotation. 100%. I like it. You, if the Mariners call you up saying, we want Ryan Weathers, we'll give you Kyle Lewis. You don't even think about it. You just do that trade. I mean, you'd instantly slot to be your best outfielder. Sure, he gets hurt, but he'd still be your best bat. It would be an upgrade defensive, uh, maybe upgrade defensively in center right now, just because Grisham has been a little rough. But 
So I had a thought just because you mentioned that one of those guys had to get traded. So as of right now, with the way Voight's been hitting, I think the lineup should be when Tatis gets back would be Machado, Tatis, Kim, Cronenworth, Hosmer at DH. Just because Voight realistically, I don't know what's going on with them. He, he's been a mess. He hit those two home runs and we're like, wow, Voight's going to come back. He's starting to come back around. And then it just went downhill all over again. So what do you guys think about that? Or do you guys keep giving Voight chances right now? I mean, you could realistically slot Cronenworth at second, Osmer. No. Yeah, you kind of have to do that because Abrams isn't here anymore. But realistically, when Tatis gets back, is that what you're doing? Or do you keep slotting Voight in the DH and putting Osmer at Sorry, my thing went not on mute. So I'm thinking that it's going to be like not like a very like cut and dry thing. I think it's going to be, okay, Hossian Kim has earned a lot more playing time. It's a given Fernando's going to – I don't know. I, I think Fernando's going to be the shortstop, so you're going to have him there. But he's also going to DH a lot when he comes back. Like he has to. So I think immediately when you look at it, they're going to ease Tatis back shortstop-wise. Um and I haven't seen him taking the outfield reps either. So, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more later in the week, but he's going to be a DH a lot at first. So that immediately is going to cut down Boyd's playing time. When he moves back to short or wh- wherever he moves, let's say he even moves to the outfield, you still have two other guys playing there. So if Abrams is coming up, whatever the case is, because this isn't like Boyd and Hosmer are on this team for the next couple of years, unless somehow Hosmer opts out of his deal, which is – incredibly unlikely, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll come to that when it gets that time. Um, but this is going to be a, like a question mark, like a problem. So I think that if Voight struggles, people are going to fill in his time at DH. And if Haas struggles and Voight's playing well, then Voight's going to start playing more first base. So like, I think that it's going to kind of depend on those two guys to see who's going to get first base reps and also who's going to get DH reps. So I think that it's really going to be like really performance driven, and I think it's a good thing to have. I think it's a good thing to be like, hey, if you're going to str- like if you're going to struggle a lot, I think they're going to be patient. But I think it's also going to be like if you're going to struggle a lot, like Haas is going to DH sometimes, Fernando's going to DH sometimes. We're going to have to start reducing your playing time. But keep in mind, Boyd also has a lot less at bats than a lot of the other, these other guys because he was banged up. So, I mean, his numbers from the game before he had the two home runs to after everything jumped like. His OPS jumped like 200 points. It was ridiculous. And like his slugging went up like over 100. So like it's still super early on in the year where like a cu- like a couple of good games, all of a sudden he's like a solid player. I don't know if – I think it was – was it Friday's game when basically everyone in um, like on the bottom of the order came in at like a buck 90 and then they were all over 200. I thought that was hilarious because like all those guys had like two hits. So it's still early on in the year, so I think you have to be patient. But I think it will break down just really based on performance. Yeah, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, I think one of the middle infielders not named Tatis will get traded. I don't want them to get traded. I think they're all fantastic. And and it was said, hopefully not, there will probably be more injuries. Yeah, there, there's going to be more injuries. And having, an, having a deep bench is one of the best things you could have in baseball. To me, it's just, yes, we do need a deep bench. We also need an outfielder. I think, I mean, we haven't even talked about Trent, Trent Grisham yet. Oh, Chase did. Chase did. Chase said that, uh, you know, he had a good... Uh, 
he had a good uh, he had a good he had a decent series, right? He was getting a couple doubles here and there. Um, is he the future though? I don't know. He he's he's doing he had a decent series, but who knows how that's gonna work out? Because even in in Pittsburgh, right, when he had those two or three hits, I think in like five at bats, we were all thinking, oh man, Trent Grisham might be back, and then he wasn't back. So who knows what's gonna happen with Trent Grisham? If one of them can hit you a cool outfielder, I think you gotta I think you gotta take it into consideration. Abrams, I think, would play fantastic in the outfield. It's just kind of weird that he hasn't taken any outfield reps in AAA that I've heard of. Um, even like in spring training, spring training before, I didn't see him take outfield reps. Um, but in the major leagues, he did take outfield reps. So who knows how that how that's going to work out? Um, <laughs> Makana's Makana's a little mad. I see. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, what, else, what was I going to talk about? I completely forgot. I was looking at one of these comments. Kim and Grish. We're not getting Soto. <laughs> so Isaac. Um, I was looking at Grisha's stats right now, right? His average went down after the series. Even though he got a couple clutch hits, his average still went down. He's still, I think he was hitting like 156 or 154 before this series, and he's down at 152. And just to give you, in the last seven games, he's two for 22, one walk, seven strikeouts for a 91 average, a 167 on base, and a 182 slugging. In his last 15, he's hitting 154, 279 on base, and 231 slugging, which was 8 for 52, 7 walks, 16 strikeouts. So I still think we have a very big concern in center field. We still have a very big concern in left field. Not as big of a concern in right field. Myers is actually hitting like 280 within his last 15 games, and his slugging his OPS would be in the low set mid low to mid 700s, so not a big concern there. But center field and left field are still huge question marks. On what are we going to do there? Dude, it's we were just way too high on Trent Grisham. I think we can officially say that because we we thought Trent Grisham would be a building block for this team. And our thing was always like, look, like he doesn't have to be a plus plus offensive guy, but if he's like average to above average offensively, he's a fantastic player. He has been really bad over a lot of at bats. So I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't know. I feel like I feel like we were too high on him, honestly. Um, sad to say, but his I don't know. I I'm not like completely giving up on him, but I just don't think he's ever going to be the guy that I kind of thought. Like I thought he, I thought he would become a really good MLB player, and I'm now hoping he can be like a serviceable center fielder. So the expectations have definitely tempered significantly. So that's kind of where I'm at um, with him, um, Isaac. Before you before you go into transgression a little bit, besides that, I think we'll probably head out in a couple of minutes. Um, I don't know. Let 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 me know if there's anything else you guys want to discuss real quick before we hop off. But how you feeling about Trent? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to give up, but I do want to give up hope because he had this he had this 2020 and beginning of 2021 that was fantastic. It was really good. Like I was very happy with his results. He was a top of the lineup type guy. He was a gold glove caliber center fielder who I mean, he was consistently producing and we were very I mean, all of it's not just us. All of the Padres fan base, most of the Padres fan base, was very, very high on Trent Grisham. Now you're taking that 2020 sample size and a 2021 sample size, combining that. 
Now you got to combine the end of 2021, where he was pretty horrific, and the beginning of 2022, where he's even more horrific. So like the sample sizes balance out. It's like it's like restarting the drawing board. But as of right now, he's not earning his playing time. Your glove can only help you so much, and his glove hasn't even been that good. I mean, I'm just trying to be realistic. His glove really hasn't been that good. I know. I think the stigma of Trent Grisham's this amazing fielder will tell us like uh, he's he's always going to be an amazing fielder. But if we're just looking at the hard numbers, outs above average, all that kind of stuff, he hasn't been that good. You know who? OK, I just got to bring this up real quick. The guy that leads the MLB or is tied for the league lead in the MLB and outs above average. You guys are going to be so surprised. Jerks and Profar. Crazy, right? Um but yeah, it's been crazy. And uh, I don't know, man, I, I don't want to give up on Trent Grisham yet because I, I mean, some of his at-bats have been pretty good. He's put together some solid at-bats, but like he's just not generating any hard contact. Like we looked at his spray chart recently and it's just mo- quite a few of them are infield singles. So it's very hard to get behind. Like we think he's going to be, he's going to pan out and he's going to have a good season because that's not what he's shown. He hasn't shown that since probably June of last year. So I see we're we're talking about Myers in the chat now. And yes, he does have a bad contract, but that is not Myers' fault. That is whoever was in the accounting office that decided, you know what, Myers last year in San Diego, when when we're not winning anything right now, he deserves to win 22 million a year when you know we're gonna that's when we're shooting for to be competitive. That I don't know whose idea that was. That was just ridiculous. And even as of right now, Myers right now in his last 15 games. 286, 311, 375 slugging, and in his last seven, 333, 345, 444 slugging. He's our best outfielder by far in the last 15 games. Profar has been better defensively. I mean, Profar has been our best defensive outfielder. He might be like, I think he leads the league in outfield assists. He just all of a sudden has a cannon of an arm this year that is incredibly accurate. But yeah, um, that's why we're not talking about Myers. You know who we haven't talked about is the guy that we just signed who played uh, yesterday's game, Robinson Cano. Uh, when do you guys think he's going to leave? I mean, he didn't really do anything at all. Um, I don't know who to blame for that one run. I think it was yesterday's game where Myers – didn't pick up the ball correctly and then he threw it in and then Robinson Cano couldn't pick the ball and it got away from him because it hit his glove funny and then bounced away and the runner scored. I don't know who to blame for that. I can blame both of them, but I mean, you guys are professionals. You guys need to catch both those balls. It didn't cost us the game, but it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in ter- okay, so in terms of Myers, I think that Myers, you, 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 you definitely keep Myers. He's been the best outfielder, and he's. I mean, yeah, he has an expensive deal, but Chase, you brought it up, man. Like, the reason it's so bad is because of the backloaded deal. But in terms of Cano, I don't. I never understood it. I, I see people are talking. People are talking about two guys. So first guy that was brought up was Aggie Rosario, but then I think it was the Czar. You meant to bring up um, Esther Ruiz. Esther Ruiz has been absolutely balling. I would have rather seen him get a little bit of an opportunity for like a couple weeks as the second baseman or whatever you do, or even Eggy Rosario than bringing 39-year-old Robinson Cano over. So, Chase, I think it's hilarious that you introduce Robinson Cano by saying, hey, how long do you think 
until he leaves. That's that's the introduction of him. Um, it's not even about Robinson to know. That's the thing. Like, he's just old. It just doesn't make sense. Like, you have all of these young middle infielders, and you're not bringing any of them up? Probably you've drafted, like, 100 shortstops in, like, the last three years, it feels like. Like, let's see some of these guys just for a couple weeks. It doesn't – just to give them some, you know, a little bit of, like, hey, this is this is what the pros look like. Because I think it definitely helps when you come up real quick, okay, this is significantly harder. And then you go and you realize, you know, some of those imperfections in your swing or in your stance or whatever, how much they affect you at the major league level when you're playing lower competition, they're not going to affect you as much. So I think there's a ton of value in that. And that's why I, I do hope Robinson Cano's gone sooner than later because I want to see those guys get an opportunity. Never thought we'd be ending a podcast or a, or a live stream talking about Robinson Cano as Padre fans, right? I mean, that's kind of crazy. Um, that area you're talking about, Chase, absolutely both. I'm not going to pin it on on one sole guy because that was horrendous on both sides. I was just, I was like, dude, what the heck? Like, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know how to react to it, but we won, luckily. Um, so I was listening, you know, I, I keep talking about this damn uh, podcast I was listening to earlier. Um, Kevin AC was on it and he, they asked him, what do you think about the Robinson Cano signing? What have they told you about it? And basically what they said was uh, it provides them the opportunity to send down C.J. Abrams. So when, so when we were talking about it, I was, I was talking about it. If they signed Robinson Cano to take out C.J. to send down C.J. Abrams, that's a disservice. So now that's been clarified that that essentially happened. Um, and then they said, and it gets you a guy that's experienced. He's a veteran and uh, he'll get you a couple hits here and there. And he has power. And I was just thinking. Dude, that is such a bad reason. And, of course, you got him on a minimum. So I'm probably not as opposed to the signing as you guys are. Not that I like it. I don't think it's a good signing. But in a way, it, it doesn't really make sense. But I'm trying to make more sense of it. So I don't know. It's just going to – I think he's gone by July. I really do. I mean, the only thing that's going to save him is relationship with Fernando. That's all I think. All right, guys. I think that's all we got today. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining. Oh, my God. This naked HD guy's back. I don't know if you guys noticed anyone in the chat. He literally comes back with a new username every time, and he gets blocked with a new username every time. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably going to do it for today's episode. Tomorrow, going to be talking about Joe Musgrove, and then on Wednesday, we're going to have an episode out about Ha Seung Kim and, you know, how he's just absolutely balled out to start the year. Dude, he's been the third best hitter. Crazy really to say that, but I would have never guessed him out of all the guys of who's going to be the third best hitter on this team. I also wouldn't have put Hosmer second, so I guess there's that too. Um, but, you know, it's been, a, it's been a great start of the year so far. A couple guys really surprising um, in Haseon Kim, Eric Hosmer. Um, but, yeah, I think this, this team's – it's a fun team coming off of a good series. I am really looking forward to when Fernando is back because – I think this team can be really good when he's here. So pumped for the rest of the year. But thank you guys for listening today. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow talking about Joe Musgrove. Isaac.